This is a uh, mimer on the verse in the Parshish Kisiso. So the mimer, the Pasuk says, Ze yitnu kol ho'ever al ha'pikudim. This they shall give all those that pass through to be counted. The Torah is telling you that the people, the way they were counted, they would pass through and they would be counted. Now, unlike you would expect ordinarily that when you count people, what you do is you uh, count them by the head. Each one, as they pass through, you count them. But over here, it was different. The Abishter says, Zayitno. This is what they shall give. They shall give those who pass to be counted, they should give a machatzis hashekel. They should give a half a shekel. Of which shekel? That's b'shekel hakoidish. That is the holy shekel. There are various different weights of the shekel itself. So this is the shekel hakoidish. A half of a shekel from the shekel hakoidish is what they should give. And now the pasuk enumerates. It says esrim geira hashekel. The shekel is twenty geira, and therefore machatzis hashekel, half of a shekel, which is comes out ten geira. That is a gift to Hashem, etc. Okay. So he says, There is a verse that states, Now this is, in the very simple context, this is King Solomon saying in the Ashes Chayim that we say on Friday night, he says, One of the things is talking about the woman of valor, it says that Noida Bashorim Bailo, that her husband, the husband of the Ashes Chayil, is known amongst the gates, meaning that people, he's very popular, he is Noida, he is known, Bashorim, the husband of the woman of valor. That would be the simple meaning in the verse. But we also know that King Solomon was really using the metaphor of a husband and a wife and the relationship as a metaphor between God and the Jewish people so that the Jewish people are sort of God's wife and God is sort of the husband so we're like a husband and a wife the Jewish people are the wife and the husband is God and this verse is also interpreted as Noida Bashaorim Bailo. That her husband, meaning Hashem, is known. What does it mean known? Now in this case it's not known to someone else, Bashaorim. It's Noida to the person, to the Jewish people, to the wife. They know what Bashaorim means by measure. That means that the Baila, which is represents Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that Hakadosh Baruch Hu is known according to the measure of each person, which means that the level of a person's uh, understanding and uh, knowledge of Hakadosh Baruch Hu depends on the person. It's not, it's shiurim, bashiurim, this is the Zohar's 
uh, Holy Zohar's interpretation of the words Neida Bashar Bailo, Shaqodish Baruchu. That means that the Holy One, blessed be He. Who Baal shall call Neshama Misra? He is the husband of every Jewish soul. Every soul of the Jews, God is their husband. What does it mean, the husband? A husband is called the Mashpia, and the woman is called the recipient, which means the husband is the one that gives, and the wife is the recipient, just as the natural way of having children, it comes from the husband, and the woman is the recipient. So there's a mashpia and a makabal. So Hashem is the husband, He is the one that gives, and the Jewish people are receiving. What does it mean? What is God giving us? God is giving us that level of love and fear that we have for Him he gives it. He gives it by measure. Shekol avo yira that every love or fear sheyesh l'chol neshama miYisrael that there is to every soul of the Jewish people. Hakolu meita yisbarich. Everything comes from Hashem, meaning the flow and the levels that we have that we love Hashem and we fear Hashem. Those are things that come from Hashem. And then we say, Each one according to their measure. Meaning, how much love, how much fear of God do we have that Hashem gives us? He gives every body according to their measure. What does it mean? Who gives the measure? Who makes the measure? The measures is also called sha'arim. Those are shiur, but they're also gates, which means that there are gates, as he's going to say, there are four gates through which that flow of Ava and Yira comes through. There is gates in the person that a person has that allows for the flow that comes from Hashem from the husband to come in, as he explains. Based on what enters into the gates, that's what means, what enters the gates. What are the gates? These are really four gates. What are the four gates? Ava, love, Vira, and fear meaning awe of Hashem, Torah, the study of Torah, or mitzvahs. And mitzvahs. Kinoida as it's known. So we have the four gates of love, fear, Torah, and mitzvahs as known. And they correspond, Kineged, Dalet, Oishiyos, Havaya, Baruchu. They correspond to the four letters of the name of Hashem, blessed be He, the Yud, K, those are the four letters so basically uh, a person how much he experiences the gate of Ava that he has uh, then that 
that comes Hashem, Hashem gives him actually Hashem gives him in those gates Hashem gives him a level of love and Hashem gives him a level of fear Hashem gives him in the level of Torah, gives him the level of mitzvahs dresses up and puts himself, gives the flow into them, into his Avon Yir and Torah mitzvahs basically it seems that what we're saying over here is that all of our spiritual experiences that we experience are actually given from God. God is the one that gives it to us. He gives that energy to us. He gives that level of love and fear and Torah mitzvahs to us. Um, and it's everything comes from above. So how do we reconcile this by saying that everything comes from above with the fact that we know that a person has a freedom of choice and that he has to choose to do what's right. It's not It's not like he has an inspiration from God that God gives it to him. It's something that a person has to work at. It's something that a person has a choice. Sometimes you choose the right or some the wrong. Here we're saying that it all comes from Hashem. So the Rebbe asks, So we need to understand this. Okay, so the Rebbe is asking over here, so really we need to understand it. If everything comes from Hashem, from Him, blessed. That means that, it, because we're saying, it comes from Hashem. In that case, if so, So what kind of a choice is there to the human? We're saying that it comes from God, so it's God's hands. So what choice do we have? If we're going to say that the reason we decide to do good things or we decide to do bad things is because we are inspired by God, so that that is actually not up to us. Actually, just to connect it, you know, today is Purim Cotton. Tonight, when we have two others... When we have two others, we celebrate Purim on the 14th of the second other of other Shani. The first other is, we call it the Purim Cotton. And it is said that on Purim, in the Megillah, it says that the Jewish people had accepted that which they had begun in the past. And the Talmud explains that what we're talking about here is that they actually accepted the Torah and the mitzvahs from Hashem which they had begun to do at Mount Sinai so now they have actually finished accepting it they had sort of uh, it sort of was completed, it went the full circle and they finally really completed it so the question is, what is it that they didn't do during Matan Torah, which they did now? What is it that they did more? Um, the Talmud says that the when Hashem gave them the Torah, it seems in the simple context, it seems that they were almost coerced to receive the Torah. Because it says that Hashem placed them underneath the mountain. One interpretation underneath the mountain means by the foot of the mountain. It doesn't mean underneath. It doesn't mean 
literally like the mountain on top of them. That's one interpretation. Another interpretation Rashi brings down is that actually God raised the mountain and put it over their heads. And God basically threatened them. And he said to them, if you agree to accept the Torah, then fine. If you don't, I'm just going to drop the mountain on all of you. And this is going to be your burial place. So, basically, they didn't have a choice. They accepted it because under the threat of of, of, of death. Hold on one second. What I was saying is, uh, it almost seems that they were coerced to receive the Torah. They didn't do it on their own. Now, in Hasidus, it explains a little bit on a more refined level, on a deeper level. It says it doesn't just mean that Hashem actually physically threatened them with like a mountain. But it means that Hashem gave them a very special feeling at the time. In other words, if you ever go in and you hear like a speech, say from somebody who's a great speaker, and he inspires you so that he moves you, you get you get moved, right? And you make a decision, oh, he, this is such a, an important cause, I'm going to donate $10,000 for that cause. You're so fired up. And he said, but then when he leaves the speech, you go back home and you talk it over with your wife. You say, hey, what is it? You know, I mean, this is not, you know, then you cool off, you know. Then you say when you made your decision, you weren't really um, thinking. You were just under the moment. You were sort of uh, so uh, impressed and you were so excited and you were so, uh, I guess, your mind was... Uh, if you want to say manipulated, or it was like, so that you made a a quick decision. But then, so what really means, sometimes we feel a a moment of inspiration, but we're not there yet, we're not really, it's not really a a, a thought through thing. Now, in a certain way, when the Jewish people, what they experienced when they received the Torah, was something very... uh, uh, very moving to them, and it was very uh, inspirational. It was very, uh, it touched them so deep that they all said, Yeah, we're gonna listen, we're gonna do, we're gonna listen, we're gonna do everything, whatever you want, God. But then once it was all over, they weren't as, uh, as keen, you know, they, you know, they were complaining, they weren't interested, so why they, while they accepted it, but then eventually they, that second thoughts and they didn't uh, they didn't really so it doesn't mean only that they were literally under a threat of getting killed but they were really uh, given uh, something which is not really them and the Rebbe is asking over here so that's why we're saying on Purim when the Jewish people withstood all the um Tests and they were ready to sacrifice their lives in order not to worship the idols and not to follow Haman and etc. And they didn't bow down to him and they, you know, stood up for Hashem. That sort of consummated, that sort of brought into the acceptance what they have started. 
that instead of just being given the Torah as an outside inspiration, they stood an entire year ready to, with their devotion to Hashem. That showed that they accepted it, they fully accepted it. So basically, back to our Maimer over here, the Maimer wants to know if we're saying that the feelings that the people have, their love and fear is something that they get from God, so how, how does the person have a freedom of choice? That means that's not really his. It's not the freedom of choice of the person. It's something what is given by God. So he continues, There certainly needs to be matters which is dependent on, which hinges on the choice of the person. There needs to be things that the person has a choice. It's not from above. So now he wants to explain to explain this which what is hinges on his choice what comes from above so he's going to explain that there are two things some things come from above and something hinge on the person so he says the verse states and then it says so, and behold, in the word there are two interpretations. What does mean? One interpretation is it's a language of command. You shall love. You should love Hashem. That's a command to you. Uh, you should love Hashem. The Echot, and another one, another interpretation is Loshen Osid. It's a language of the future. The Ahavta means, and you will love. Shetovay Ha'ava Memela. That the love will come by itself. So there's one love that you need to do, and one thing you will love. The Indian Avar is and the idea of the first love, he meha his That comes from the meditation. The idea of the first love comes out of reflection. Behainu. That is, Lahovin Bidaitoi Akdusa Yizborik. That is to understand in your mind God's unity, Bishiva Rikim in the seven heavens and on the four corners and and I Hashem have not changed these are all things that the person reflects on to understand that God's unity is notwithstanding that there are seven that is actually the meaning of the word echod because Ches is eight, representing the seven heavens and the earth. It doesn't mention the earth here. And the Dalit representing the four corners of the world to sort of say that everything that's around that, all the time and space, is really secondary to the Aleph, is secondary to Hashem. Hashem is in charge. Vani Hashem loishonisi. And the verse says, I Hashem have not changed. What does it mean, I Hashem have not changed? Hashem is basically saying that He didn't change 
um, with the creation of the world. What does it mean that he didn't change? He didn't change in this context means that from Hashem's perspective, the way things were before the world was created, the same thing is after the world was created. It's not like the no change. There's nothing in that from Hashem's perspective. The whole world is so insignificant that is as if nothing ever ever happened over here. She'ein leshum shinui that there is no change to him. Just as before creation of the world, likewise it's not. Likewise it's not. Likewise it's also now. For all the worlds, they are all subjugated, totally subjugated next to Hashem. So, if something doesn't have any independence, something doesn't have any value of itself, it's really, so then really, it, 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 it doesn't matter, it doesn't really matter next to, it's, it's really, uh, doesn't change anything to the, other, to the other person. He is not sort of a speak, he's not a player, because they're not at all, in the uh, in the caliber at the level, since all the worlds are totally subjugated next to Hashem, so they mean nothing because there is no value. They don't mean anything because they are totally insignificant. Kiyudua, as it's known, Kishemesh Umogen Chulu. The verse says that Shemesh Umogen Havayelikim that Hashem and Elohim, the name of Yudke Vavke of God, and the name of Elohim of God, are similar to the sun and the seed. Now, the seed of the sun, so to speak, allows for the ray of the sun to come down to the world. But the sun itself, it doesn't matter to it whether there is a ray or there is no ray. The ray of the sun is insignificant next to the sun so that it doesn't matter. The same thing is with the name of Hashem, Ani Hashem, it doesn't matter that there is a world, there's no no world. So, notwithstanding the fact, even though the world's appear to us to be existent. We look at the world, we see, what do you mean nothing is there? What do you mean there is nothing? What do you mean there's no significance? How could you say that everything is not and void and there's nothing here? But look around, you see there's so many things over here. But he says, who sheker gomer? That is an absolute falsehood. It would be similar to one saying to you, you know, a magician comes and shows you something, right? He makes a magic trick, and you see something, and you're going to say, oh, I see it. But you know, he's just, he's just holding your eyes. When you see it, I mean, we're talking about seeing it as an independent being, something it is. Of course God created the world. It says so in the Chumash, but they're seeing it as an independent, seeing it as a yesh, seeing it as a being, that's a Shekel Gomer. 
because the reason is key because bidvar Hashem shemayim nasu v'rich piv that everything was created from God's words and everything comes from God's speech what do we mean when we say that everything comes from God's speech that represents the idea of the insignificance of it as we see from giving example of what speech is in the human experience that's what he says let me take a look I can see godliness from my own flesh from my own life take for example by a person in the beginning when he thinks how do you before you come to speech so first hopefully you think about what you're going to say so in the beginning when he thinks as I then his thought is is fully united with him the thought with the person are one because nobody outside me knows what I'm thinking it hasn't come out yet from it's not been separated from me a person's thought is something which he carries within himself there is no separation at all it hasn't separated from him at all it's totally connected then but afterwards when it leaves his mouth when that same word that you thought about then when you speak the words then it's separate from you you know people say you can't take a word back once you've said it it's gone once it's left your mouth then it's too bad it's already gone so before you say it when you just have it in your thought it's still part of you but once you've spoken it it's sort of outside. He's going to bring this a metaphor to God's speech when we say God spoke and the world was created. Cain kolaoilomis. The same thing is with all the worlds. Koidem habria. Before they were created, these worlds, They were totally united with Hashem. The world was sort of in the thought, and it was created and it was connected to Hashem. And similar as a speech is totally insignificant, is totally subjugated to thought. The speech is totally subjugated, is totally, totally unimportant relative to a thought. Because Kiberega Echot for in one instant a person can think endless amount it takes you a long time to express something to verbalize but the thought you can have infinite thought so thought relative to speech is is infinite so the same thing is likewise all the world, they are merely one speech. And that is extends from Hashem's wisdom. 
that speech. Kedixiv, as the verse says, Bayeitze Kaborok, Chulu. So that is, it came out like a lightning, which Chokhmah is like the spark of lightning. And then it says, And every day he has to recreate them, which means that the Gam even after everything was created, by Hashem, over there is Hashem's speech is not, God forbid, separate from him. So that means even after speaking by Hashem, the uh, it's not like by the person in which after he spoke the word has left him. Because by Hashem because there is nothing which is outside of him. This is all explained at length in the Tanya to tell you that a thought next to speech, speech is insignificant, and speech is sort of the world that we see today as an independent world comes first in the level of thought in which it was united with Hashem, and then it came out into the open, to the world that we see it. It's insignificant. And one word one speech relative to machshava, relative to thought, is insignificant. But more than that, because by speech of the person, the person is here and the speech goes outside of him. So the speech itself can separate from the person. But since God is everywhere, so the speech never separates from him. So that means even as a speech, it's not separate from Hashem. The bottom line is that there is nothing out besides Hashem. Everything is everything is connected and is dependent on totally on Hashem. And because everything is totally dependent on Hashem and is not of any value, and therefore, and therefore, everything is considered like nothing. There is nothing, no value. And also the worlds are subjugated one to the other, one and the other. Which means whatever is created is secondary to the level that's above him. So you have like, uh, what we're saying is whatever is in speech was first in thought. So you have thought and speech. All levels experience that kind of thought and speech. Whatever comes in the lower level was originally in the thought of the higher level. So the higher level next to the lower level is the level of thought next to speech. Because the difference between thought and speech is that in thought it's hidden. Its speech is revealed. The speech brings out what's hidden in your thought. So every world as the as the evolution goes on, the Yishtaoshlas goes on, the higher level is like the level of thought relative to speech which comes out. That which is above in the level of speech, in the level of speech, so then that is called below, 
relative to the lower world, level of machshava. And that world is bottle to the level of machshava, just like it gives a, a, an example. That the words of the teacher become a level of thought by the Talmud Chulu Kinoida. If you take a look over here, you have when you have a um, a teacher who's teaching a student. So the process, the way we the way it would work, the teacher has a thought in his mind. He has an idea in his mind. Then he takes that idea that he has in his mind and he wants to give it over to his student. How does he give it over to the student? He speaks it. He, the student can't see what's in his teacher's mind. So what does the teacher do? The teacher takes that idea that he has in his mind and he verbalizes it. Now what happens with that idea that was verbalized that goes into the brain, into the mind of the student? So it turns out what was originally the level of speech, which was the speech of the teacher, becomes the thought of the student, because now it's in the student's mind. And if that student is going to go down and take that idea and give it over to somebody else, to another student below him, that's going to be his speech. And his speech is going to go into the level of Machshava. What he's trying to say over here is, the whole evolution, the whole Ishtalshalus, it all works like thought and speech. While it's in thought, it's hidden, and then it comes out revealed. And what's revealed in this level is hidden to the level below. So that's the level of Machshava, and so on and so forth. So basically, it all becomes... Um, like the level of Machshava, and because of that, it's actually all insignificant. It's all not important. So basically, what the what the Alter Rebbe is trying to bring about over here, um, the Alter Rebbe again, I said many times, the Alter Rebbe's purpose of saying the Mimer, he was basically giving the Hasidim, the followers, those who studied his teachings, he gave them inspirational material. He gave them ideas in which they can use to bring about in themselves uh, an arousal, to be uh, wanting to be connected to God, to be wanting to serve God. He, he, He brought out ideas to cause them and give them meditations to reflect on and to want to be able to uh, connect to Hashem. So, right, like now we're talking about two levels. There's one level that comes from the person. So we said the Vahavta means you shall love. So the Alta Rebbe is giving now a lengthy explanation saying, well, how am I going to love God? What, what does it mean, love God? I mean, what does it mean, love God? You know, there's loving God. Is a, loving is an emotion. Now you can tell somebody uh, walk across the street. You can tell them, 
you can tell them keep Shabbos, you can tell them, right? You can tell them to do that. But how are you going to tell somebody to love? Love is in your heart. What are you going to do? I don't love, so how am I going to love something which I don't love? But when it says you should love, it means when somebody tells you that um, you know you come to somebody, you're having marriage problems. And you come to the uh, professional, and then he starts telling you, and you start giving your list of complaints, you know, this is not good for you, and this is not, not living up to your standards, but, and then he starts giving you and putting some seichel in, in your head to tell you how appreciative you should be, how thankful you should be, and how grateful you should be for the gift that Hashem has given you. Instead of complaining, and instead of feeling bad for yourself, and thinking that you are sort of getting the raw end of the deal, so what happens? Hopefully, he hacks in a little cycle into your head to give you that you should understand. You should understand. So, what happens then? And then you start thinking, you know what? That's the person I should really love. That's the person I should really care about. That's the person really that I should respect. So what happens is you have to stop and reflect and get things in your head which will cause you to love. So you're going to say, oh, love. But I don't love. What am I going to do? So you're saying, well, if you think about the proper things, then you'll begin to love. So one of the things that the Alter Rebbe wants to say over here is that you're supposed to love God. But how am I going to love God if I don't love God? I don't, you know. And the answer is, he's giving you reflection. So what is he saying? Because naturally, we're all caught up. We love a good vacation. We love things that feel good. We love things that taste good. We love things that make us feel good. Physically, materialistically. Because that is something that we are involved in. And therefore, that makes us feel good. That's what we love. That's why we love potato chips, and that's why we love all things that are may not be good for us, right? And what that is because that's what we associate with. It's very easy. It tastes good to our tongue. We have to sort of give ourselves some reflection and say to ourselves, wait a minute, stop. Is this actually what is really good? But take a look, what's really good is Hashem. And all this world that you see here, and all the creations, you know, eh, this isn't really true. This is all false. You think, I gave him a metaphor. Today, I was going to the bris. I bought a new hat. And I wasn't going to get it wet in the rain and snow. I wasn't going to ruin it. I just spent $200 and I wasn't going to get it wet. So I said, I'm going to go without my hat, I'm going to put my hat into the bag, in the box that it came in, keeping it very clean, putting it into the plastic bag, I'm going to carry a plastic bag, I'm not going to get it. But make a, a, a short story long, I go to the bris, I come back, I come back and I see that my hat is laying on the table. So I was carrying a box back and forth, and there was nothing in there really. I never used it. I never needed it. So I say, that's really what life is about. I was telling my wife, I said, look, 
we're carrying these boxes back and forth and we're slipping. We think that we have something. It's empty. <laughs> it doesn't even have anything. There's nothing in there. There's no container there. You're, you're, what are we busy with? Here I'm thinking that I'm, who knows what I'm doing. I haven't done anything. And therefore the mimer gets, goes on, carries on, and always gets carried away with the various things which is necessary so for us to begin to love God we have to start putting things in perspective and we have to start thinking what is really important in life what is really what are we chasing after what are we running after what is meaningful you know otherwise you know we just live a very narrow and a very uh, you know we're carrying the box it's empty we, we may be carrying dirt and back and you know we may think it feels good you know I felt great I didn't ruin my hat but at the end of the day there was no hat in there to ruin <laughs> I didn't even have anything in there the point here is so that's why the Altarebbe starts off by giving you this metaphor and saying you should love God your God and then later on he keeps on going on and going to explain to you that's the part that you have to do but then there's a part that you get from God so we have both. We have a part that we have to work on. And then we have the love that God gives us also. When we do everything that we can do on our own, then we merit to get God's love too. That love that He gives us. Because we can't really reach the ultimate level of, of our love to Hashem. So, I think we're going to leave... <laughs> And this is the meaning of Leis Machshova Tvisa Bey Klau. When we say that no thought can grab hold at all. The Hainu Af Even very high worlds. Shehem bechinas machshavim. They are considered like the machshavim. Hem betelam etzli isbarich. They are subjugated. Next to Hashem, v'loy tvisu beklau, and they cannot grab hold, grab hold at all. Kihu lemaylo mimachshavim, because Hashem is higher than thought. V'zehu, and this is the meaning of we said stima. The whole stimin. He's hidden from all the hidden. Which means from all the higher Oilamas, he's higher than them. He's source of them. Or Timira the Khot Mirin is Aramaic for 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 hidden. Timira hidden. Afma Ulamais Harnikra Stimot Mira. Even from those worlds which are called hidden and not visible Timira, who's Sasivitama. Belay's Mahshavat Visabay. Because there are levels of worlds which are considered already hidden, their level of machshava, which are hidden, and he's hidden from them. Oh. So, basically, this is a reflection for somebody to realize with his mind, with his understanding, that notwithstanding the fact that you see a world out there, and you see four corners, you see seven rakim, you see a creation, you have to realize that these are not really independent creation, they're all subjugated to Hashem and they're subjugated to such an extent like they have of no value at all and they are not at all able to um, 
to, um, to, to, to be considered. They can't grasp Hashem at all. So once we have that, is the heat down over there? Can you please tap it? Do you know how to do it? Tap it up, please. Thank you. So he says, uh, So now this is what we are commanded. You shall love. What does it mean, you shall love? She is burning. That you should reflect. That you should so much reflect on the idea of Hashem's unity, actually. So that God will be your God with all your heart, with all your soul, all your being. That means that in all aspects, in the aspects of thought, the aspect of speech, and actual action, it should be totally loving Hashem. What does it mean, totally loving Hashem? He shouldn't have his own. There's nothing that you own. It's not to be yourself. They are all subjugated to the oneness. So it's beyond thought. So you, you're, you're mevatel all yourself to what's beyond the thought. So, he's saying, basically what he's saying is, it's not the pshat that you are going to come to some sort of a recognition with your mind, that you're all going to be able to perceive this. A person can't perceive that. What you could, is you can put away your seichel. You can say, my machshove dibberumaisa is not my own, and I'm just bottled to the Abishter. In other words, you can't use the machshava to fully really comprehend it. So what you can do is when it says you should love God, what it means is you give up your machshava, and you are mevatel yourself to Hashem. You don't use your machshava when it comes to the level that you realize that is something which is greater than your machshava dibberumaisa. There's something which is beyond what you can think, speak, and do. This is the bat yibat Hashem. As he says, ki adam ena yochel achshiv gashmi. Because all what a person a person is not able to think but physicality. That's what he can think. But if you want to think about Hashem, you have to put your mind away. You can't grasp with your mind because it's not physical. Because physical is really total falsehood. This is not Amos. Gashmis is not really truth. I mean, in other places it says it's not really truth unless the Abishter said that it's true. It says, How do we know that the world exists? Because <laughs> it says in the Chumash that Hashem created the world. But in essence, there is no world. There's really, we, we need a proof to prove to us that there is a world. Because if Hashem is everywhere and nothing really happens, so there is really no world. When we say you have to have mysterious nefesh, no, I guess it starts off with your understanding. Of course, you're reflecting on all this, so you use your mind, but it comes to a point where you build it up. And then you say, You give away your soul. What does it mean you give away your soul? Because what's a person's essence? 
A person's essence is his intellect, his emotion. That's what he is. And you're telling him, give it up. Don't think. Don't hold your, your seichel. Don't hold your emotions. Be mevatli yourself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But isn't even the process of being mevatli? Yeah. So I'm making that choice. Oh. So you're saying that in the, in the ultimately, it's always... I that have to make that choice, and even to be mavatal myself is really choosing to be mavatal well, myself. That's the question gave us the choice of. If it's not, okay. So the, no... the Amazon is Taka. That's why this is the level of Yehuda Tato. Yehuda Law is only really at the fullest level. It's only from Hashem's comprehension. We were created as a Yesh, and it's a lot harder to be mavatal a Yesh than to. When you're a yesh, to be mevatel yourself because it's coming from in yourself. And Take, the Rebbe speaks in some sikhas, the Rebbe talks about that the true level of Mesiris Nefesh was only given to a Yid. Uh, this is Take, the difference. The Rebbe speaks that sometimes by Goyim we also find they're willing to give up their lives. They're willing to give up their lives. For their cause or whatever. For their cause, for certain things. They're going to give up the, their lives. That's not called Mesiris Nefesh. That's called building themselves. Because at the end of the day, this is what, you know, like saying, somebody is denying himself the cookie. Because he wants to look good, he doesn't want to look fat. So, does that, is denying himself, building himself, or taking away? He's actually building himself. I'm not talking about health reasons, I'm talking about just... Uh, so, sometimes, taking away isn't actually... Denying yourself is actually building yourself. So there could be a person ready for mysterious nefesh because that's what causes him the ultimate pleasure. You know, the ultimate pleasure or the ultimate uh, great. But by a yid, huh? look at our cousin. Yeah. Here's your perfect example. Yeah. But by a yid, there is taka a level. They actually gave him a koyach of mysterious nefesh, which is beyond it. But anyway, but that's not the discussion over here. nefesh al adam. Because oh. everything is to be bottled. So we want now, but how are we going to become bottle? We're not going to say, oh, bottle, bottle, and that doesn't mean anything. You know, you have to get somewhere to bottle. So you, you have to start off with your machshava. Avaliyah is a built cloud. But it's impossible, it should be without thought. How are we going to be bottled? I mean, we need, like, it has to come from us, we have to start somewhere. So that's why he has to tie down his thought, his speech, his action. To become a chariot, to become a carriage, to become sort of a subservient, in a total subservient way to the will of Hashem, blessed be He. The Torah mitzvahs, doing the Torah, studying Torah, doing the mitzvahs. The Raisa mechokma nafkes. Torah comes from chokma. So lemaila which is beyond machshava. So you're connecting your machshava to something which is higher, to the Torah, which is higher than the machshava. So basically, when you're learning the Torah you are reaching to a level which is outside of yourself because the Torah is the Chochmah of Hashem and the Chochmah Navkis so you are sort of even though you're using your Chochmah you're using your Machshava but you're, through your Machshava 
you're obtaining a higher level, you're getting a level of Chokmandir. V'zehu Kolaisa mitzvah achas kilchosom. It speaks about that one who does one mitzvah as he should do. What does it mean? Kilchosom. Take a look at the Maimar Chazal, but it means that uh, that you actually do the mitzvah properly. You get it from a higher level. The Av Shatoyron Islamsho Bidvarim Gashmim. Even though the Torah was dressed up in physical matters, Yisur ve'heter ve'kadoyma, things that are prohibited, things that are permissible, they're talking about all. Here we're talking about being mevatel diyesh. We're talking about reaching the level of chokhmah. We're talking about a higher level. But wait a minute, all the uh, mitzvahs of the Torah, we're talking about Gashmi's good thing. We're talking about Yisur ve'heter. Bekoshke ma'isa mitzvahs and bedvarim Gashmi ma'mesh. And certainly those active mitzvahs which we perform with very physical matters. You might talk about moment. You talk with monetary, with monetary. So how could we say, how could we say that this is all spiritual levels that we're mevatledeyation, we're reaching into a higher level when we're, the acts are taking place in physical acts. Who commercial hasaydis hanimshochim that is similar to the hairs which extend from the brain. There's no hears in the Moyach. And yet the hears come from the Moyach. The Gashmis, the Yisur Beheter, they come from Torah. But there's no hears in the Moyach. There's no Gashmis in the Torah, really. Same thing with Torah Mitzvah. Even though they're physical matters, you call the Torah comes from the level of Chokhmah. So it doesn't matter. It's like here it's been, it's been uh, transformed into Gashmis, into here, but it's not what the Yerayseh, not what the Chokhmah is. The Dover, the... So this whole thing that we're talking about, getting to the level of love to be Meisenefesh, this is something which is Choyval Kolotum, Lizboina Bezahitim. It is mandatory on each person to reflect on this well, this hinges on his choice to go do that. That's the one meaning of that you shall love. That's your job. That this is what you got to work at to reach that level of love. Second interpretation is you will love Hashem. That's Loshin Osid, the future. That comes automatically. Who bechinas? That is the great love that comes from above. Ubzat Pirush, and in this, the common, the meaning of the word Shema is Loshin Shemia. Up to before we're learning Shema means reflect, understand. Here we say Shema means listen. Here there can be no reflection at all, it's not your meditation. Just listen. This is beyond. Uh, reflection. Then Nikra Shekel Hakodesh, which is Kesef. You have a silver shekel. Loshin Nichsef Nichsafto, which comes Kesef comes from Loshin yearning. Yearn you have yearned. Bechinais. This is the pasuk in which Lava was saying to Yaakov, you ran away because Nichsef Nichsafto. You were yearning to go back to your home. 
So that's Bechinas Ava Rabba Habomil Milo. That is the great love which comes above the Mishkal called Chad Lepum Shure Delay. That comes measured weight each one. That's why it's a shekel. It's a weight each one according to his measure. The Bechinas Asetayv in the level of how much good you do. The Surmeda. Uh, so he's saying, as far as doing good and staying away from bad, that needs to be totally. And that's the level of as we said by uh, Avram when he gave him Shekel Kesef, he gave it to him meaning that it's passes through all kinds of business. Everybody accepts them, they're good shkolim. But here what it means, soicher means around, like schoer schoer, loshen schoer schoer. It says by the nozir, you tell him go schoer schoer, uh, well, and don't come close to the vine, which is the level of sevim kula almin. Um, this is all what we're talking about. This is all the great love that we're talking about that comes down, we're talking about a level of uh, we're talking a level of and that's also this is also connected to the 400 shekel kesef which Avraham gave to Ephraim which is it says that this was a little bit of a problem that Abraham gave to Bnei Ches, he gave them the, the 400 Kesef. But it says that Lavi, we will take back those 400. These are the 400 worlds of yearning that the Tzaddikim will inherit in the world to come. B'zehu Esrim Geira HaShekel. And this is, the Shekel comes from 20 Geira. Ki kol echod mishnei b'chinas ava. The 20 is 10 and 10. Because you have the two loves. Each one of these loves is is included of 10, which is Seichel, which is the intellect, the emotion is known. Also the level of even that comes from above, is also included of 10. And this is, means that the shekel, which is basically both avas, is the level of esrim geda. V'zehu kisisa esroish bnei Yisrael lifkudeim. So what does it mean? The hainu nishamis hanikra hanikraim roish lifkudeim. Their loshen v'Hashem pokadesorim. They're the head. They're being remembered. So then v'nosnu. Um, so when you um, when you raise and you remember the Rosh B'nai Yisrael then Hashem gives you so then you give your atonement Hashem um, which is what which is the level of Ava that he has but not to every person is able to get the above mentioned cannot have the 20 gerim because what we're giving really is a machatzis a shekel we're only giving 
ten gator, we're not giving a full shekel. The full shekel is ten and ten, which represents the Ava that comes from Maila. So, but not everybody has the ability to reach that level. He can't give that Ava Rabba. Aruchinus Ava is Shoyna, but the first level of love, that is everybody's obligation. The first Chalach Shekel. By the Bechinus Machtes HaShekel, Limsur Nav Shekel Masek. To give over your ten that you have to do. Everybody has to give to over to Hashem that mysterious nefesh that we said before to give over your ten kleches. What does it mean? This they shall give all those that pass the pikudim is ramach pikudim. Those are the 248 mitzvahs. Hainu. Even if you're over, you transgressed one of the mitzvahs you're still obligated to give a half a shekel you still have to give your ten in the first level of and a half a shekel that's a trumal Hashem even though that the other half a shekel you get and that's why we have the two separate the word, the service of Simcha, Shachiva, called Yisrael. Every year has to do Simcha. Since you didn't do your Simcha, meaning that everybody has to do Simcha. Actually, even so did a Jewish Sharon that used to be the union of Simcha. If do a Sashem, that you should serve Hashem, this is the half a shekel. Every Bayid has to give the Simcha, it has to be from every Yid. But then you have a second level of Simcha, in which Tzadikim, they rejoice in Hashem, that's the second half. So anyways, so I guess what he wants to bring out, that no matter what, even if you've transgressed mitzvahs, you still have the ability to give a half a shekel. The half a shekel, that's the ten koiches, to be Moshe Nefesh, by Echad Esrim Gedo is a shekel. The real shekel is 20 Gedo because that has contains both loves. Those are the 400 shekel kesef, like he said, that, and that's the even shekel kesef. But a machtis a shekel, a half of it, has to be a truma la Hashem, has to be a truma for, for Hashem. So the other half, the Hebrews to Zoycha, then we get the other half also. But minimally, what we have to do, we have to do our part, and then hopefully the Sha'orim, everybody gets the measure according to their ability, I guess. So it seems like it has to be complete. He said before, Surme Rabba Asetoyvi has to be complete. He has to be, because that goes on as contrast Koloivir Allah Pikudim. For the Ave Rabba, they can't be Oivir Allah Pikudim. In order to get the Ave Rabba, you have to be complete. Oivir Allah Pikudim is only as far as the Ave that comes from the person than even Eivir Al-Pikudim. But you can't say that somebody who is Eivir uh, Al-Pikudim should get the Ava Rabba. That you can't say. That's why he said before that has to be in the Shlemus. What is the connection with the Simcha? 
No, in the parentheses it seems like, just like we're talking now that there's two levels of Ava, there's also two levels of Simcha. Because there's a contradiction. In one passage it says, Simchut Tzadikim Basham. So it seems like who is supposed to be with Simcha? If you're a Tzadik, you're supposed to be Simcha. But we also know that there has to be uh, every year has to be b'simcha. It says tachas simcha. It's everybody's obligation. So he says similar to what we're saying here, the two levels of ava, and there's one that comes from us and one that comes from Hashem. Similar is the level of simcha. There is the level of simcha which we have to do ourselves. simcha. Then if you're zoicha, the Eibush gives you the higher level of simcha, which is the level of simcha tzadikim ba'Hashem.